You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to March, and welcome in to the Bears Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Miner, alongside Pranay Malampavi. Uh, this is where we talk about Baylor hoops and the Bears turning around with wins over Texas, number eight Texas, and over Oklahoma State the past two nights. Neither of those games were uh, were easy down the stretch, but Baylor got back in the win column with two great uh, two great victories. Uh, Kansas did clinch the Big 12 regular season title, uh, at least a share of it last night with a win over Texas Tech. Uh, but Pernay, focusing on Baylor, what are your thoughts in the last two performances out? Yeah, I'm really happy with what I saw from the team, especially after Keontae George's injury. We had Dale Bonner come in and play about as well as anyone could have expected him to play. We knew that he was a an upgrade on the defensive end for many of the guards that we normally have playing. But the offensive performance that he put on both in the Texas game and the Oklahoma State Oklahoma State game was quite comforting, I would say, given the fact that Keontae George still hasn't returned and, and they say it's a day to day mild injury. Um right. but they said that about LJ Cryer last year for the entire season and then he never came back. So it's good to know that we have Dale Bonner who can keep this team clicking at, at just about as well as it was clicking before Keontae George's injury. Obviously he's not gonna give us what he's not gonna give you what Keontae George does on the offensive end by any stretch of the imagination. But he is good enough and has shown that he can score well enough and shoot well enough that combined with his prowess on the defensive side, which we saw play out, especially in the Oklahoma State game a bit. I think this team can be almost as good, if not if not as good as they are when Keontae George is on the floor. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Dale Bonner coming in, I believe the last game he played was when, when Baylor was at Texas on January 30th to close out January, and then he basically takes a month off, uh, doesn't doesn't play at all, uh, just is riding the bench, but credit to him, he did some work in practice, uh, stayed ready, and when the Bears needed him the most, you know, Keontae George, who was under the weather leading into the Texas game and then rolls his ankle, mild ankle sprain from the reports coming out of Baylor. Um, it, you know, with about 10 minutes left in the first half and he turns it over and then he basically hops off the court into the locker room as the game's still going on. Uh, you know, Texas gets fouled on a fast break, makes some free throws. It's 18 to four. Baylor's coming off two really bad performances against great Kansas teams, Kansas and Kansas State, and now you're down 18-4 to against Texas. Nothing is working still. Your star freshman just hopped off into the locker room, and you're down 14 at home. Uh, it was not not looking good. Uh, and then and then everything just seemed to switch. Like a, a, you know, a light bulb went off, 
for the for the Bears, and they kind of started figuring it out. And half of that, I would say, was Dale Bonner coming in, really helping out defensively. But the other half was on the offensive side, where you know, and I got to cover this game courtside um, for for a good portion. Uh, I was moving around a lot, but I did spend a little bit courtside, uh, and you really don't appreciate how big these guys are until you get to experience a game live and up close and personal, which is why I always love to try to get to a couple games uh, to report live on. Um, but essentially, Texas was just smothering Baylor, and they had no respect for anything that the Bears were offering inside uh, from a paint perspective or a low post perspective. They were basically just not guarding that and then just moving their entire defense, shifting it up to suffocate our guards on the wings. Um, I mean, they were playing way up above the three-point line, and we just couldn't get any traction, couldn't get any drives going, penetration, even with easy passes, uh, you know, to, to get some breathing room. And then after, uh, you know, after that 10-minute mark, when George went down and Thamba came back in, and all of a sudden we started getting some, uh, you know, powerful looks at the basket, finally got some rolls, Thamba connected on a couple, you know, he had 12 and 12 on his birthday, uh, and, you know, Jalen Bridges started attacking inside, we finally were able to, you know, prove that we were not just a shooting, you know, uh, solely a shooting team. Um, was curious what you thought about uh, all of that, you know, uh, on, on the offensive end. I know, I think we talked about Bonner was great on the, on the defensive end, um, but just offensively, I thought I thought our ability to play inside um, really opened things up for us. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think that playing inside certainly opened the entire offense up for us. Um, and the ability to play through various players, not – like I feel like in a lot of the games this season, we have kind of just chosen one or two guards to play through for that game. But I think in these last couple games, we've not only played through some of the guards, but also played through someone like Jalen Bridges, um, played through the inside, like you mentioned, um, getting the ball to Flo Thamba down there. Um, Shows shows the versatility that this offense can have when they decide to maybe play a different style of offensive basketball than we've seen them play for most of the season, which has been just shooting a lot of threes. And at the end of the day, I think I still think that this team, to make a big run, is going to have to hit a, a good number of threes because that's the, that's the foundation of this offense. But it is certainly nice to see that they can do other things as well. And they're going to need that versatility come down the stretch of the season into the tournaments. Um I I guess something that really stood out to me was the way Jalen Bridges played on the inside. Like I know he's been playing well all like for most of the season, but there were there were a couple plays there where he put he put on some spin cycles and made some nice moves inside and Yeah. Seeing seeing something like that, I guess, just shows that we have another guy who we can run the offense through um, just in a different way. Yeah, I think the best way to put it is that you want to, you need to make the other team at least respect 
your ability to play inside and force them to defend that option. Just like on the football field, you have to, you know, if you really want to pass it, you have to at least make them respect the run so that they have to defend it and then you can open things up on the on the pass or vice versa, right? And I think, you know, against Kansas, Kansas State, and that first bit of it against Can- uh, Texas, just there was no respect shown to Baylor for, um, because nobody believed that they could do it. And to the, you know, to their credit, Baylor hadn't proven that they could, could do anything like that. It kind of went into a shell, at least uh, from a physicality perspective. And like you said, Bridges, Thamba, um, Jonathan Tamawa Chachua, they, you know, we, we suddenly got back into it. You know, it's just a light bulb went off and was asking a few people after why that might be and um, after the game and nobody really had a good answer. <laughs> For me, it was just kind of like, yeah, like, like it, you know, it just opened up and we took advantage of it, basically. Um, but I think they made a pointed effort after George went out to to kind of get back to basic, uh, basics, if you will. So um, hopefully we can continue that and keep, you know, get both George back, Langston Love back, and continue to play Bonner, you know, get some minutes because he did not look good in the first Texas game. Uh, I, don't, I don't really think he looked good in that first Texas matchup, but past two nights, obviously 13 points and then career high 15 points against Oklahoma State. He's looked really good, especially defensively. Um, and if Baylor can have everybody healthy and have solid rotations and give the you know have the threat of being able to score anywhere and move the ball around, then it will really open up the three, and that's where the Bears can be really deadly as they look to make a run to the Final Four. Yeah, and I think that what this showed us is that especially in the college game, and we know this, this is how college basketball has been playing out for years, but it it matters more how the team gels together and how much chemistry they have and how they play together. Like over, obviously talent is important, but I think that the chemistry matters even more than the talent in the college game. And I guess this showed us that we want to have different guys playing Or we're we're gonna want to put the ball in different guys' hands throughout the course of these games, and we're gonna want to play through people. Like I feel like a lot of the time, we kind of just give it to Keontae George and let him run the offense. Um, and he's certainly the most talented player on our team. But this team performs best when everybody is getting their hands on the ball. Yes. Um. Yeah, and. Just to refresh, in that first Texas game, Dale Bonner was replacing Adam Flagler, right? Um, not did sure. Adam Flagler not play that game? I thought so. And then we had somebody out. Right. It wasn't George, though, right? No, Love, Love was out. Oh, Love yeah. was out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Flagler, Flagler, George, um, and Cryer all played. Actually, all had really good, uh, at least box scores. And Bonner was was playing for for Love, and then of course John. That was this was before Jonathan Chamochachua uh, returned as well. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, but 
but but you're right. You are right. We were down a, a guard, but you know, bon- Bonner did not. I think he was good defensively, uh, but he just wasn't as sharp. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just 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 wasn't as sharp. I think overall, um, and definitely was not as good as these past two games. Uh, finished with with three points, um, and you know, actually de- decent numbers, right? For only playing eighteen minutes on the road, but but three points, two rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a turnover. And played some decent defense, but that that was definitely a tough a tough loss for for Baylor for sure. And I think if you look at the season, you know, Scott Drew, I think not, but after the season, he's probably gonna look back and say like, yeah, we, we you know we missed an opportunity to to win a Big Twelve title with some of the close losses they they had and with all the talent they have on the team. Um, yeah, that, that that first three game losing streak was was tough, and then you know they had they had Kansas on the ropes. They were up as many as 17, 13 and a half, and then allowed fifty five points in the second half. Um, if you're able to close that one out, then at least we're still we're still fighting for something here. Yeah, it's it's been a very up and down season, um, but gotta be glad, gotta be proud of the team for how they've hung on and fought through after starting 0-3 to start conference play. Um, hanging around until they got eliminated from the Big 12 race last night after Kansas lost to Texas Tech. I mean, Kansas beat Texas Tech. Yep. So now it's down to Kansas and Texas for the Big 12 title. Um, but they still have an opportunity to win their first Big 12 tournament. And yep. I think that would be yep. big. Yep. And they're they're playing well right now. They're playing well. Going to be important to get Keontae George back. How far do you think this team could go if, for some reason, George wasn't able to come back? I think they could still go to the Final Four. Okay. One, 100, without a doubt. Um, I probably I, agree I with you. A lot of it will depend on how, how the brackets fall a little bit. But I think they're, good. I think they're a good enough team. Him as is to to get to the final four, um, no matter who they have on. You know, even if they're missing George or missing Love, uh, I think they have enough weapons to get there. I think we saw that last year, right? They were missing everybody basically last yeah. season in, in the tournament, and um, they came back down twenty five against Carolina, nearly won in overtime, and Carolina, you know, blew the national championship game. Kansas um, so if Baylor you know Baylor was right I'll have to say Baylor was right there to beat UNC shorthanded if they did then not sure who's stopping them to re- you know uh, um, to replace UNC in that title game maybe yeah yeah I'd agree and I I, I think Baylor can certainly do some damage in this tournament even without George but yeah, the, the one concern I, I, I would have, and again, talked to multiple sources, I think everybody everybody told me that, you know, that, that Baylor needs Keopte George uh, back for the tournament. They, they kind of expect him to be back. They don't want him to rush for these last couple regular season games that they'll pick him up. Um, that, But, but they, they know that they need him 
successful run or to give themselves like an even better chance. Right. Um, so everybody definitely wants, wants him back and, and hopefully Baylor can, you know, get George and love back and, and just have the full, full arsenal of weapons, which they didn't have the luxury of having last year. My one concern, Renee, and I don't know if you feel the same over the past two nights, past two games would be, uh, Baylor's performance down the stretch in the final three, four minutes where they've nearly blown big leads, um, and this is March. This is time for upsets and craziness and weird things to happen, uh, especially in the tournament. Did, did, did those final minutes, does that concern you at all? Does that give you pause on, on if Baylor is uh, you know, truly complete? It actually doesn't concern me. And the reason it doesn't concern me is because Baylor was able to hold on and pull the games out and win them. Um, I think that... On the flip side, actually, these past couple of games and, and some of their experiences throughout the season near the end of games, I think it could actually be to Baylor's benefit come the NCAA tournament. Because if if they get into a situation like one of those and maybe are blowing a lead near the end of the game, they'll I think they'll have the memories that these yeah this happened before during the regular season multiple times and they were able to hang on so i think it'll be a calming a way to to calm their nerves and and potentially be able to hold on if they get into a similar situation in the NCAA tournament yeah this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've been here before. We know how to navigate this. We know what to do or what not to do this time around. Um, exactly. Certainly something to be said for that, but uh, the, I think they just need to stay stay focused. You know, the game's not over until, until it's over, but that, that's fair. And, of course, uh, I don't think we've given your, your props yet, but, Renee, you've been calling for Dale Bonner to, you know, be inserted back into the rotation all all season, and, uh, and he finally, finally was and was a huge reason for the bear success so great call there sir <laughs> thanks i appreciate it. i appreciate your tweet as well can't let kendall take all the ground <laughs> um all right so baylor finishes off their season against iowa state on saturday and then yep. we head into big 12 tournament play um on the other side the woman are also playing. So you want to give us an update on what they've been up yeah. to? Yeah, the, uh, the the women, they go and they host West Virginia in, their final, in the final game at the Ferrell Center. Uh, final conference game, I should say. The Ferrell Center for the women. It is final, the final game for Caitlin Clark. Wow. <laughs> Caitlin Bickle, apologize. Um, was looking at an Iowa thing. Uh, but no, it is it is Caitlin Bickle's final final okay. game at the Ferrell Center, so it'll be bittersweet for her. 
Uh, the Bears are, are still in fifth place in the, in the conference, uh, so their uh, league streak of 12, 12 straight regular season championships uh, will be snapped, or has already been snapped, um, which is unfortunate because this team is is really, really good. And you might say, Andrew, they're 10-7, and 19-10. They've been, you know, they've lost some games that were atrocious losses, and they haven't performed against the top top competition. Uh, I would counter and say, did you watch Baylor against Texas on Monday night? Um, it was the, the early matchup of the big of the big Monday showcase. They beat Texas sixty three to fifty four on the road, number twelve Texas, and that's just one game. But that was a against a powerful team. You know, Texas really wasn't shorthanded or anything like that. They were at home and. You know, Baylor is playing with all their <clears throat> all their all their pieces as well, uh, and you know Sarah Andrews finally played a little bit more consistent with 17 points, but Dariana Little Page Buzz freshman 19 points, 13 rebounds off the bench, so she had one of her patented double doubles. So I think she now has the Baylor record for a number of Big 12 uh, number of Big 12 double doubles as a freshman. So I think she. Surpassed both Nina Davis and Brittany Griner, um, which is no small feat, and wow. uh, which is pretty crazy. And here's the craziest stat, Renee. Nikki Collin, a lot of people been on her, torching her, and criticizing her. Uh, and, you know, some of that is very, very fair, very reasonable. Uh, and there is a whole article about how, you know, she doesn't care about the critics and everything like that which is also very good mindset to have as a coach. But this season, she is 4-0 on the road against ranked opponents. 4-0 on the road uh, against ranked opponents, all in the Big 12. And um, and then they also beat Villanova, uh, who, who is ranked as well. So that's just wild. It, to me, it's just wild that they, they beat you know, three teams ahead of them in, in the standings, all ranked, all on the road, Iowa State, Texas, and Oklahoma um, at their place, which is, you know, Texas and Iowa State for sure are tough tough environments to, to play, uh, to play in, even for women's basketball. So, um, you know, don't think that just because it's, it's women's basketball, they don't have the same advantage up in Hilton or down in Austin that, that the men do. Uh, it's very, still very difficult to play there. And uh, they knocked them all off. Uh, they just couldn't protect home court. And then they lost some other games that they really shouldn't have. So it, it's, it's driven me a little crazy this year covering them because they've been so, so inconsistent. Uh, but it was nice to get uh, see them get a big win against Texas um, this, this, you know, this past week. That 4-0 stat... Um, regarding road games against ranked teams is it's really interesting. I guess it just shows the ups and val uh, the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys that Baylor has Baylor women have had this season, and it shows the ceiling of what this team could do potentially in the 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 tournament. Do you, yeah. what do you think, 
where do you think this team would have to go in the tournament to make this season to overcome the lack of success they've had in the regular season and make the season, let's say, successful? Yeah. Um, I would say Sweet 16. I, I think they. I think the, the expectation is still that they get out of the first weekend of the tournament. But that's a really great question for a couple of reasons, right? Because it depends on where they're seated. Uh, because going into the weekend, they, they play Texas Tech on Saturday night after the guys played Texas, and then they play, um, of course, Texas. But even going into that Texas game, they were the Bears were still on the 8-9 line. Um, and while I think that they're they're good and they can definitely make a mini run in the tournament, I don't. I would be very surprised if this team, you know, made a Final Four run, let's say, to Dallas. But um, of course, anything's possible. But it would be very hard even to make a mini run if they were on the eight nine line, because that means, of course, if they win the first game, then they're going to be matched up with. A South Carolina, an Indiana, um, an LSU, or maybe, and that to me, it, it feels like those teams might just have too much firepower um, for for Baylor to o- overcome that that early on. Um, so that would be tough. Um, but if they could get off and they could get to the, like the second, you know, the seven line, I don't think they 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 have enough to get to the six line. We'll see. Right, but mm-hmm. if they could get off the eight nine line and get to the seven line, then I think they're definitely a team that could go and do an do an upset uh, over a two team. And you know, one of the teams on the two line are Kim Mulkey's LSU Tigers, and that would be you know, wouldn't that be something to have that matchup? Uh, especially because LSU, um, I, and I've watched LSU multiple times. That I think they're really good, but they definitely have not played the strength of the schedule that I think. Baylor has played this year um, and so I think that would be you know that would be a very interesting game for a number of reasons I think that's a game that Baylor could win and I think oh, there are a lot of two seeds that you know Baylor could come come in be playing hot and and overtake a two seed I think a one seed would be tough but a two seed I think that's certainly a possibility uh, but they've certainly dug themselves into a hole uh, this season by um you know, by getting knocked down to where, you know, the second round, you're going to have to face a one, two, or uh, at best three seed. But I think in order to be, a, you know, overcome all the differences and have this be a successful season and forget about not winning the Big 12 and things like that, um, you know, getting out the first weekend to this week 16, I think would do that. I think for me, it would be making the Elite Eight just because of how much success. Baylor, the Baylor Lady Bears have had over the past more than decade, um, breaking the streak of winning Big 12 titles. I feel like they've got to make the Elite Eight to make this season, be consi- for me to consider this season a success. But how special would that be to have Baylor versus Kim Mulkey's LSU Tigers in the second round? And I know that, I know that LSU doesn't have any ranked wins, but they only have one loss. And it, and that loss is to the best team in the country, South Carolina. And it takes us on the road, on the road. And it takes a special team to, to win 
every other game besides the one against the best team in the country. In the country, so I don't know. I think I don't know. I'm surprised that LSU is only going to be a two seed, but that would be crazy if Baylor played Kim Mulkey's LSU Tigers in the second round. Yeah, that would be crazy. And I, I think there are a couple other things that could make it successful, right? If they upset a one seed and get to the Sweet Sixteen, that's going to be magical. Yeah, mm. right. And now maybe if they beat maybe if they beat LSU, I think that if they beat LSU, like, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> it doesn't even matter what else they did in the season. If they beat L- if they get matched up and, and beat LSU, um, if they overtake a one seed, what what if they win the Big Twelve tournament championship? Like, what if they come no. on strong and win that? I think that would even you beating know, a one seed. I don't think would be criticism enough. from the season. Uh, so I think there are a couple of things that that get there, but it just kind of depends on how the the brackets shape up and how March goes. Interesting. I think that you have reset your expectations. I think that I am still comparing it to the Kim Mulkey era. So. I think you had to reset them a little bit uh, uh, because because of some of the players that we lost and that were deemed ineligible um, that that Baylor had. I think I'm disappointed. I'm still disappointed that they have not that they played so inconsistent. But if they win the Big Twelve tournament championship, and you know, or and then, or if they get a, a huge upset over a former coach or a number one seed, I think that you know that caps off a you know maybe disappointing season, but it it ultimately uh, you know makes this a, a successful season, especially if they win a championship. I mean, hands down, I, I guess we could split hairs about how far they need to get in the tournament. But if they win the Big 12 tournament, um, that, that's that, that's a big deal. It's got power for something. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Still, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It was just two years ago this team was knocking in the door of the Final Four. So, consistently. but Yeah. For sure. I mean, we can ask the same question about last year. Like, they won the Big 12 regular season, but then they lost the, the Big 12 tournament, and they lost in the second round to 10-seed South Dakota in the NCAA tournament at home. So, did those two things make the season a disappointment uh, because they won the, the Big 12 regular season? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it was definitely a disappointing ending, definitely disappointing postseason, but the season is still memorable for what they did in the you know and how they won that regular season championship. Uh, so I think I think the same would be said for you know this season. It's just reversed. So I think the regular season would be very disappointing, but how they closed it in the postseason, how they you know won a title or went to the Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight or upset whoever it is, that would you know make that be successful. I guess to me, the regular season carries more weight than a Big 12 tournament or making a small run in the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah, that, that, that's fair about making a small run. I, I think if, they, if they're able to hang a ban- banner, anytime you're able to hang a banner, that, that's pretty, um, pretty impressive. And then, and then it's also like, you know, who, who did you beat? How did you beat them? That, that's just, some, you know... Uh, 
subjective that, that we're guessing at this point of what, what that even looks like, how Baylor could lose in the first round, right? That's still a possibility just based on their inconsistent play all year. Um, yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It should be fun. It just, you know, uh, it's just important, I think, if you're a Baylor fan to, to know, you know, the women's basketball team is, is still good. They've had a rough year, but they, they're still good enough to do something here in March. And, you know, with with the players that they have, you know, the, the young team that they have moving into next year to, to grow off this experience, uh, I, I think, you know, people should at least tap the brakes a little bit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's great. Well, Pranay, thank you so much uh, for joining me. Thank you, everybody, for, for listening. As always, uh, this is you know, March 1st. Here it is. We'll, we'll sleep in April, right? Uh, yeah, happy March. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for joining and listening. Uh, for Pranay, I'm Andrew Minor. Sick and Bears. Thanks,